0: Father, the whole earth cries out and shouts your praise, because you are an amazing Father. We don't deserve you, but you love us anyway. a couple weeks into this new sermon series uh, and it's been all about loving God and loving people and I imagine that today's message is going to resonate with with a lot of us because it's all about the difficulty of love I want you to think about a time or a person that you found it difficult to love you know it could it could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be a friend, but a time and a person that you found it difficult to love. You see, when I was in high school, we had a there's a group of friends that I was a part of that we were as close as could be. We were always together. We did everything together. We thought we had each other's back. We all were always together, and there were that that, that group of friends that you thought you would be with the rest of your life. You'd vacation together. You'd do all these things together. Until right after I graduated, when I needed that group of friends, they weren't there. You know, and it hurt. And I thought I had always been there for them. Why weren't they there for me when I needed them? And if I'm honest, it was at that point that I found it difficult to love them let alone like them at that point. See, we all have these stories. And the truth is, the hard truth is, that we're a little hard to love as well. None of us are easy to love all the time, no matter matter how hard we may try to do it. We live in a broken world with broken people and broken relationships sin has completely permeated every facet of our lives, making it difficult to love and to be loved. Now, the the antidote, the antidote to our problem is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to be intentional about loving God and loving others. You see, it's far too easy to give up, to become Complacent to move on from relationships when they get a little too difficult or a little too messy. Thankfully for us, that's not what God did with us. But rather, he engaged us in the midst of our sins and offered us a path to forgiveness and to redemption. Last week, we, we talked about the example Of love that Jesus set through his earthly life here on this planet and the ministry that he gave to others. And I I think we can all agree with what we talked about last week that it's easy to love people who are like us, who agree with our same interests and our desires, but it's so much more difficult to love people who are different who we disagree with, people who have differing interests and desires. And with that said, we're going to take a deeper look today at some of the competing interests and desires that that make it so difficult to love others. See, the Bible addresses all things pertaining to life and faith, including this. James chapter 4 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You've got to love how James comes right out with it in this passage. What causes fights and quarrels among us? And let that question hang there for a moment. Think about the things or the situations in your life that causes fights, quarrels, and and division. What memories come up for you? What situations get you frustrated? James goes on to say that you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. So we fight and quarrel. How much of our anger stems from simply not getting what we want? We have desires that compete with the world around us. We want an easy life, obedient children, perfect relationships, part-time jobs that pay full-time wages. See, in Genesis chapter 4, we see the very first example of this competitive and divisive desire in the life of Cain and Abel. Let me read it to you. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept the flocks, and Cain worked the soil. Are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's let's go out in the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him then the lord said to cain where's your brother abel i don't know he replied am i my brother's keeper cain was jealous of abel he wanted god to look at his offering with the same favor that abel received his jealousy and anger led to murder these desires inside of us are powerful So powerful, in fact, that sometimes we do things that we aren't proud of. Let me tell you a little personal story about a time back in high school, again, that kind of same group of friends. There's one who got on my nerves a little bit too much. I used to pick him up every day and drive him to school. And every single day, I got, you know, if there's anything about me, I'm a creature of habit. I got there the same time every day shouldn't have been a surprise what time I would get to his house, but every single day, he was 10 minutes late. Every day, I sat in the driveway for 10 minutes waiting on him when I got there the exact same time every day, and it got on my nerves. So one day, I told myself mentally, I didn't tell him this, I said to myself, if he is late today, I'm not coming tomorrow. And sure enough, sat there for 10 minutes. Now, I didn't tell him I wasn't coming the next day. Not very nice to do, but it felt justified in my sinful heart. So I just went straight to school. The bus had already come and left, so he missed the bus. Eventually, he got to school uh, half an hour or so late. And he came up and he said, man, why, what happened? Why didn't you pick me up? I said, I'm tired of you being late. It was a time when I responded uncharacteristically, out of anger, frustration, maybe for you it was jealousy. And what led to these events? How do we respond afterwards? I I would like to say that the next day when I picked him up, he was on time, but he wasn't. (laughs) I picked him up every day after that, and I just sat in the parking, sat in the driveway and waited. See, these types of situations aren't unique. Many of us struggle with the difficulty of relationships and the call to love other people. Love asks us, so much of us, and the example that Christ set is impossible to follow. Not to mention the pervasive and constant temptation of sin that is all around us. And then we can understand then when why God would say to Cain in, in, chap- in verse 7, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Sin is always at the proverbial doorstep. It's always wanting to get us. But we must master it. We must learn to overcome our divisive, our destructive desires in order to both love others and to live at peace with them. And as we learn throughout the Old Testament, the people of God weren't able to overcome sin on their own. They needed a perfect high priest worthy of total forgiveness. And as we now know, that, that perfect high priest was and is Jesus. But even though, even though we have the loving example of Christ to follow, we still need the additional empowering given through the Holy Spirit to live a righteous and a unified life. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. What are some examples of sinful nature? The acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry rage idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions envy drunkenness orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god see This obviously isn't an exhaustive list, but it's a good starting point. The selfish bent of human nature makes it difficult to love each other. We want things we cannot and should not have. We fight and we quarrel, we get jealous over petty little things, and we lose sight of the big picture. But these are not the way of love. And this is not the life that God wants us to live. God has graciously given us the Holy Spirit so that we can live a fruitful life of righteousness. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, the fruit of the Spirit can be evident in the life of others. It can also be evident in our own lives. Take an honest look at your own life. Think about it for a second. Your relationships, the way that you love others. Are you loving? Joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled? These are the evidences of a life lived by the power of the Spirit. Not to say that we will always be perfect because we will not. But that's where the complete and total forgiveness of Jesus comes in. That's where the power of Jesus steps into our brokenness and our suffering. We must learn to submit to him, to give our lives over to him, the good, the bad, and everything else in between. See, it's, it's it's a humbling thing to admit that you are difficult to love. It's equally humbling to admit how you experience great difficulty in loving others. See, these are important starting points as we seek to love like Jesus and to follow his example. See, the, the book of James not only introduces the reasons behind much of our relational difficulty, it also provides the potential antidote. you up. must learn to humble yourself to God, submitting ourselves to him and being obedient are are ways that we can express our love and our affection. Much like a child to a parent, we trust and we obey God because we know that he has our best interests in mind. John chapter 14, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Think about a time in your life where you had a difficult time being obedient. See, the point of these times that we're thinking about is to say that it is all something that we all struggle with. Humbling ourselves is hard. Pressing into God is hard. Washing our hands and ridding ourselves of sin. It's hard. But Jesus never said it would be easy. In fact, to the contrary, he says multiple times throughout the New Testament that we will experience great difficulty and suffering in this life. But as we, as we learn in James chapter 4, verse 10, if we humble ourselves before the Lord, He will lift you up. I think we can all admit that humility does not come naturally to us. In fact, we are all much more naturally inclined to be selfish, to be prideful, and to be obstinate, which in turn makes loving God and others and ourselves difficult to do. Take some time today. Take inventory of your relationships and your attitude this coming week. Do you see the evidence in your life of the Holy Spirit? Is there righteous fruit coming from you? If not, then the good news is that it is never too late. It is never too late to humble yourself and to ask for help. If you want to do that today, if you want to humble yourself, you want to ask God for some help, if you would, just stand where you're at. You can ask God for this in prayer. You can ask your friends and family for forgiveness. You can invite others into your life and to learn to work through the difficulties of our relationships. Because we live in a broken world with broken people and broken relationships. Sin has completely permeated every part of our life. But Jesus entered this very world and conquered it by his death so that through him we could experience the fullness of life a restored life a redeemed life because if we humble ourselves before him he will lift us up heavenly father love is hard Help us to work through the differences to love others like you do, even when it's not going the way that we want it to. And thank you, Jesus, for loving us, providing us a way to redemption, a way to forgiveness through that great sacrifice you made on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.